I was 16 when it happened. I had just gotten home from hanging out with my friends on a weekend night, and I was still pretty hyper as I was going to bed because we had all gone to the local gas station and gotten those energy drinks called Red Lines earlier in the night. I remember trying to go to sleep, but since I still felt hyper, it wasn't a very deep sleep. I was restless but so tired. When I woke up in the middle of the night, I had the craziest out-of-body experience. Everything was pitch dark around me. My eyes were open, and I was trying to move and get up, but couldn't. Then I saw it. This ghost-like creature, like a Dementor from Harry Potter, was floating in front of me with red, glowing eyes. It was just moving back and forth, right in front of my face, staring at me. It felt like at least an hour of me frantically trying to move and definitely getting emotional about it. Finally, I fully woke up. I was able to move, and it all stopped. I was so drenched in sweat and so scared that I ran upstairs to my parents' room to wake them up. They thought I was crazy and asked what rated R movie I had watched earlier that night. We did some research the next day and talked to a doctor once my mom believed me. We found out it was sleep paralysis. Craziest feeling ever. Stay with me for this week's episode as we investigate further into sleep paralysis and the worldwide mystery of shadow people. I'm Jaden McKell, and you're listening to Straight Up Enigmas. and welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode. Lots of you may know that ghost stories have long been connected with the holiday season, but actually telling scary stories goes back way farther than the Victorian times and Charles Dickens story of A Christmas Carol. Um, It's actually a tradition that harkens back to the pagan winter solstice celebration and the festival known as Yule or Yule Tide. The darkest day of the year was seen as a time when the dead would have had particularly good access to the living. Hence, December is a great time for ghost stories, which is why we're getting a little creepier this week. I started off this episode with an experience with sleep paralysis from my friend Devin when she was 16, and her experience was pretty terrifying. What I'm going to do first is explain what exactly sleep paralysis is, and you're going to be able to draw a lot of parallels between what health professionals have said about it and Devin's story. You'll be able to see a lot of the components and elements they talk about in Devin's story. Then I've got another sleep paralysis story for you. We'll then compare the two stories and then discuss the frightening similarity they share. WebMD.com says that sleep paralysis is a feeling of being conscious but unable to move. It occurs when a person passes between stages of wakefulness and sleep. During these transitions, you may be unable to move or speak for a few seconds or up to a few minutes. Some people may also feel pressure or, or a sense of being choked. Sleep paralysis may accompany other sleep disorders such as narcolepsy. 
Narcolepsy is an overpowering need to sleep caused by a problem with the brain's ability to regulate sleep. This website, webmd.com, gets pretty scientific, but to sum it up, during sleep, um, your body alternates between REM, rapid eye movement, and NREM, or non-rapid eye movement sleep. NREM sleep occurs first and takes up to 75% of your overall sleep time. During NREM sleep, your body relaxes and restores itself. At the end of NREM, your sleep shifts to REM. Your eyes move quickly and dreams occur, but the rest of your body remains very relaxed. Your muscles are turned off during REM sleep. Your body basically paralyzes itself to keep you from acting out your dreams so that you don't get hurt. If you wake up before the REM cycle has finished though, you cannot move or speak. Your body hasn't uh, unfrozen your muscles yet, and it can be really scary, really frightening to not be able to move. You're stuck um, in the stage between awake and asleep. Some things that might cause sleep paralysis are drinking a lot of caffeine before bed, which my friend Devin definitely did. Has anyone else ever heard of the drink Redline before, by the way? I had never heard of that energy drink before she told me about it. If you've heard about it, if you've tried it, let me know. Hopefully it doesn't cause you to have sleep paralysis. Sleeping on your back or having a sleep schedule that changes regularly can also lead to sleep paralysis. Now, I have one more story to share with you from my friend Spencer, who I've mentioned on the show before. He was in the Flo's Grave episode, and also the episode about Haley and her two haunted houses that she has lived in. Spencer is going to mention um, his roommate at the time, Ariel, who is also my good friend who I talked about in Haley's Haunted House episode. Ariel has had sleep paralysis probably uh, a dozen times or more, and he told me he's gotten to the point where he's just angry now every time he gets it. He's not really scared anymore. He's just upset that he can't move, that he can't control his body. He's the one who first mentions sleep paralysis to Spencer. Uh, without any further ado, let's begin Spencer's story. One night, I was laying in bed about to go to sleep when my roommate, Ariel, comes in and asks if I've ever seen the shadow man. I said, no, I haven't ever heard of that. He asked if I've ever had sleep paralysis, and I told him I'd never heard of that either. So then he tells me that it's happened to him a couple times where he had gotten sleep paralysis, but he had never seen the shadow man. Anyway, he then explained to me what sleep paralysis is, and then he brings up the shadow man. He says sometimes when people experience sleep paralysis, they see the shadow man. They say it's terrifying and you can't do anything and you just see the shadow figure, sometimes wearing a hat, and it fills you with dread. He said sometimes people say he comes toward them and they can't move or scream. Other times he is just there watching people and they can't move or speak. So I go to bed that night, honestly not thinking much about it. I just thought it was a spooky story. I'm not one to get too caught up in things like that, and I never get nightmares from scary movies or anything like that, so I just go to sleep. That same night, I am in my bed and I wake up, but I know I'm not fully awake. I know I'm partly dreaming because my room looks different. 
in front of me is now a wall with a second story balcony and there is a shadow figure standing at the balcony with his hands on the railing looking down at me in my bed. I can't move and can't make any sound and I'm so scared. He just sits there and looks at me. I finally am able to move again and the balcony disappears along with the man. Hasn't happened since and I hope it doesn't ever again. Science has a habit of trying to tie everything up in a neat little bow. Now, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing all the time, but in the case of sleep paralysis, I think that science might be sweeping parts of sleep paralysis under the catch-all scientific rug too dismissively. Like I mentioned before, an episode of sleep paralysis can be very disturbing. It can cause an extreme amount of anxiety and fear for the person experiencing it because we hate that feeling of helplessness. We feel trapped and we hate that. According to Fusion TV's webpage on sleep paralysis, people experiencing sleep paralysis become hypervigilant. The body's threat detection systems are activated and we get nervous because we can't move. We feel vulnerable so the body heightens its senses. Every little shadow in the room seems to come alive. Science says that we think we see a dark shadow in the corner of our room. But how do you explain a darkness with red eyes hovering above your bed staring at you? Or a dark shadow on a balcony staring down at you? Are those just images our brain has conjured? Right now you might be thinking, isn't this a podcast about the unexplained? Why are we talking about something that doctors have identified and are familiar with? Well, we are diving into this topic because of the second half of this episode's title. Because of the thing both Spencer and Devin experienced during their sleep paralysis. Shadow people. Even if scientists could explain the phenomena of shadow people during sleep paralysis, how could they possibly explain them away when people are wide awake? What I am about to read to you is something that I pulled directly from a website called shadowpeople.org. It says, What are shadow people? At first, they appear only out of the corner of your eye, furtively darting out of view when you turn to look straight at them, but are now gone. Did you really see them? Shaking the image out of your head, you assume that it was some peculiar anomaly of your eyesight. However, the feeling still lingers that someone continues to watch you. For weeks, months, or years, the fast, dark movements in your peripheral vision are dismissed until it finally happens without warning. You see the shadow directly in front of you, face to face, blacker than black, darker than dark, like a void that has punched a hole into the inky fabric of night itself. Sometimes it appears as the mere silhouette of a person, usually male, but generally lacking any other characteristics of gender. However, in no way does the description end there. There are hatted shadow beings, hooded shadows, cloaked ones, and solid or wispy, smoky types. Some are seen only from the waist up. Others clearly have legs that are seen fleeing from their observers. They dart into corners, through walls, into closets, or behind television sets, bushes, and buildings. Sometimes they simply fade into the dark recesses of the night. Lacking in the description is one common denominator unifying the many different types of shadow people that enter our world, except that they are intensely dark. Even then, there are exceptions. 
I just thought that was such a great uh, description of what shadow people are. Um, much better than I could do. Very dramatic, but kind of frightening when you think of it that way. And again, that is from shadowpeople.org. Scientists have chalked up these dark figures that we see um, in the corners of our room during sleep paralysis is just our brain trying to protect itself. I'm going to share a few stories with you, a couple from this website, shadowpeople.org, and then one from my friend Ariel about experiences with shadow people, except they're not associated with sleep paralysis. These people were awake when they saw these figures. This first story from shadowpeople.org is from MJ. My most recent event with shadow people was when I had come home after a night hanging at my brother's house. I believe the time was about 12 midnight or just a couple minutes after. I came in the back door which is attached to the kitchen. I set my keys down and turned to go to the fridge when I spotted someone plain as day standing in the living room across from me. I'd say about 10 feet away. I couldn't make out too many features but I didn't recognize this person at all, and I knew it wasn't my parents. So I did a double take, and when I refocused, it was gone. Now I'm kind of shaky and freaked out, so I head to the fridge, grab the iced tea in the back, and start to stand back up. As I shift my weight back onto my heels, I lean back to see that same figure standing right beside me, right behind the door. I got so scared that I yelled out and almost jumped into the fridge. I seriously am scared of these things because I don't know what they want. I'd rather not know, but I wish they'd go away. This next story is also from shadowpeople.org, but this author chose to remain anonymous. One night, this was in early 2000, my husband and I were driving home from the grocery store. It was dark out already and raining. Our apartment is maybe 5 to 10 minutes from the store we go to. We certainly weren't in a spooky mindset. We just wanted to get dinner started. As we began to drive across the overpass to a freeway, I saw a human-like figure walk to the middle of the road and look directly at our car. The bizarre part of it was that this figure had an amber eye shine, but even as our headlights began to graze the rest of its body, no other features became visible. It was as if the light had hit a shadow that would not fade. As we approached the figure, it leaped into the air and seemingly rolled into a ball into the guardrail on the left side of the road. Then we could see only darkness. I looked at my husband and said, what on earth was that? He had seen it too and could not explain it and was even more surprised that he had not been hallucinating. I guess the real question is, are these beings something new to the earth or something old? And are they beginning to appear more and more for a reason? This last story is from my friend Ariel himself. Ariel is just one of those people who has had several run-ins with the supernatural. Some people are just more disposed to these types of things, just unlucky, I guess. Ariel was about 15 or 16, and he was staying up late one night watching TV in his living room. The show he had been watching flipped to a vacuum commercial, and during that second, when the show transitioned to the commercial, the room had gone pitch black. He said, out of the corner of his eye, he saw something watching him from the doorway to the living room. He said it looked like a person, a white and fuzzy figure standing in the doorway. 
Out of the corner of his eye, he watched as the figure put his hands on the side of the doorframe. Ariel watched as a face and a leg began to emerge from around the corner. Ariel looked up quickly, making eye contact with the figure. The shadow person reacted to Ariel's gaze. It took another step forward. Ariel could now see the figure's entire right side, leg, waist, and chest. Ariel said it was like looking at a pale mannequin behind frosted glass. The figure was white and fuzzy, not defined. He couldn't make out any face or hair. As the figure continued to step out from behind the wall, Ariel finally snapped out of it and booked it upstairs to his parents' room. He said the figure didn't feel malicious or evil, just curious. Now, Ariel's story sticks out to me for a couple of reasons. First, the person he saw was white instead of black. Um, normally, the descriptions um, of a shadow person is that the figure is black, uh, blacker than black, blacker than the shadow around them. But shadow people can actually be any color. Um, there are stories of white, purple, yellow, and red shadow people as well. Second, Ariel described the figure as curious instead of malicious or, or evil. But Devin and Spencer, they both felt like whatever had been watching them was pure evil. Whatever shadow people are, they seem to be as diverse as humans themselves, with different personalities and characters. Maybe shadow people are ghosts, maybe they're angels or demons, maybe they're just tricks of the light, or our brain simply trying to protect itself. I just don't know when I'd rather have a run-in with a shadow person. While I'm sleeping, stuck in sleep paralysis, unable to move while I watch it slowly move towards me, or when I'm awake, knowing that I can't simply wake up to make it go away. All right, everyone, that is it. That's all I have this week on sleep paralysis and shadow people. Um, again, we have just barely grazed the surface of this topic. There is plenty more out there on sleep paralysis and shadow people. Remember to check out the resources uh, that I used, the articles that I have referenced. They are all on straightupenigmas.home.blog and you can go there to find out some more information. And as always, you guys, if you like this episode, please support the show by sharing the episode on your social media, spread the word by word of mouth, and uh, thank you again so much for listening. I will see you all next week on a brand new episode of Straight Up Enigmas.